he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We're just happy you are here. So come join us as we talk shit about our absolute favorite show in the whole wide world. Wow. You really changed that Switching one Switching it up today. Yeah. Feeling crazy. All right, guys, we're going right to the recap room because we can't contain ourselves any longer. And so we're here. I sprinted here. I apparated here. I teleported. There's no journey to the recap room because I've been here since Tuesday night. But I would like to um, call in two masseuses so we can get like a couple's massage while we recap because I do <laughs> feel like after this whole season, we deserve it. Mm -hmm. After a fucking Tuesday night, we deserve it. I will say... They did deliver. I kind of felt like they were going to deliver. You were a little unsure if they were going to. That was probably one of the most dramatic in Bachelor history. One of. Not the one most. Of. Right, no. no. But, but Jesse, he speaks in such absolutes. But I agree with you. Yes, it was dramatic. I enjoyed myself. It's up there, I would say, top five for sure. Where do we even begin? Where do we even begin? So you knew that it was going to be a dumpster fire when... Rachel and Tino get engaged within the first 10 minutes and there's three hours. So what the hell, you know, like shit's about to go down and shit did go down. I know. And you could tell just by like Rachel's face in the little box and big Tony's face in the little box. I'm like, oh no, this is not going to yeah. be good. Right. Once again, happy. Rachel has zero poker face. She's unable to even pretend that there was a happy ending with Tino. Yeah. So we watched this this proposal go down. It kind of seemed to me that like Tino was reading a Hallmark card. Like I felt like everything he said, they, it was just it just lines, lines that he found on Pinterest. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a really telling moment to me that this, aside from everyone's inability to have a poker face, was when she went to his hotel room and was like, "You're the only one left. Like it's you." And I saw genuinely no reaction from him whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like he was deadpan, silence, nothing. I'm like, whew, that is not a good sign. And spiral that all into like what we had been seeing in the previous weeks of like their, his inability to confront difficult conversations like about his parents or whatever it is. And then she's like, yeah. it's you. Like compare that reaction to Gabby and Eric's reaction when Gabby told Eric, oh, it's you. And there was like a big emotional response. Like there was just... It made me worried, and I had reason to be worried because it did not get better. Right, and what are the odds that there's two bachelorettes and they both have that same outcome too? Mm -hmm. It's just usually when there's one left, it's a fairly boring ending because there's one left. Right. There's right. only so much drama you could build up. Like I remember, like Ali Fedotowski just had Roberto left, and he was so obviously the pick. And it's like, so we're going to get engaged. And then, like, the big finale was just the proposal. Like, there was right, no right. other dramatic moment from that finale. So mm -hmm. Yeah, for two different reasons. There was drama post-proposal in both right. relationships. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. The convo with Rachel and Tino in their safe house. So Tino knocks at the door. Mm -hmm. And Rachel opens it. And then he's like, can I come in? Like, he was, like, so awkward. He didn't even want to come in without asking because that's how awkward their relationship has gotten. Yeah, yeah. She lets him in and they go and sit on the couch and have the most uncomfortable conversation truly ever in Bachelorette history, I, dare I say. Oh, dare you say. Wow. They are on two totally different pages. Tino brings a burn book diary of apparently every single thing Rachel's ever said throughout their entire relationship. He's like, no, no, no. On July 4th at 1157, you actually said that you wanted to break up. I mean, obviously, I mean, let's just say this right now. Like, Tino cheating on Rachel is bad and it's wrong. And then the fact of him coming in to that 
situation with like a list of things of how he's kind of trying to turn it around on her and be like, no, actually it's your fault because we weren't in a good place because of X, Y, Z reasons. Also wrong. I'm just really struggling because there's a missing piece that no one is telling us about. Like Rachel just keeps saying they had difficulties around the time of the premiere and she was not feeling supported. I have that literally in bold, in caps. What are these specifics? And then mm -hmm. after they have this whole conversation, later on once they're sitting on the couch together, Tino is doing the same thing and trying to spin it around on her and like, oh, but then when you said this and when you said this, and then she is like, really? You want to go there? Do you want to talk about why we were having these difficulties? She even, Rachel, went so far as to say that they had conversations about it in the house that were edited out. And so then I, I'm like, the only reason they would edit it out is if it makes Rachel look bad, right? Because... Mm -hmm. They're, they don't care about making Tino look bad. He's doing enough of that himself. They did. They piled on when he was at his lowest. So I'm mm -hmm. like, what is... There's a piece missing that I feel like I can't draw a conclusion from the situation because there's a big chunk there that's not being said. Not to say that the cheating is ever okay, but I think Tino is going into this trying to like explain the state of their relationship at that point, but we're not able to get really a full picture of it. I think the problem is he's trying to explain why he did the things he did, but the things he did were inexcusable. So by him trying to explain yeah. why, it comes across like him saying, well, these are the reasons. There isn't a reason. The reason isn't you should. The reason is you shouldn't have done it. You're wrong. Own it. And the, for him to say you said this and you did this, and on September third you actually left my house and said this, like it was very much trying to flip the script so that when they were in the live audience on the after show, and he's like, I'm sorry that it came off like I was trying to turn it on you, and Rachel's like, came off. Like, right. it didn't come right. off. You were trying to turn it on me. But I do think after, like, kind of reading Twitter and seeing uh, there are two different sides to this. Like, mm -hmm. people are very either, like, I hate the team, Tino, team Rachel, because I think we could just realize it's, like, a fucking show and yeah. leave them both alone. Yeah. But after seeing what people are saying on both sides, well, he was just trying to explain his case. Like, here's why I cheated. Rachel just took his defense as an excuse. And their communication was like the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I mean, these are clearly two people that are bad at communicating and having difficult conversations and definitely should not be together to begin with. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I think Tino needs to go back to like elementary school where we learned how to use I messages. Like I felt, <laughs> because I think the real problem was that he's like, I cheated and it was because you, 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 you. Yeah. Versus I cheated because I was feeling insecure in our relationship and I was having doubts about X, Y, Z. Like if he had taken more accountability that way while still acknowledging that things weren't perfect in the relationship, I think that would have been easier for Rachel to hear and she wouldn't have maybe gotten so defensive and they could have had a productive conversation and it would just wouldn't look like he was like trying to spin this some type of way because it was really bad really hard to watch it gave me flashbacks to the uh katie and greg yeah breakdown when people said greg was they said greg was gaslighting mm -hmm. yeah i felt like there was a little bit of gaslighting going on i know that's like a word that people tend to throw around but i actually feel like the definition of gaslighting is what he was actually doing making someone else feel like they're crazy for having a feeling about something that's real but you're trying to make them feel like it's not actually the case yeah because he seemed to come in with a plan right because everything was already well, he written had a down he had, right, a fucking, well, and, he had an agenda no i know and then that's like when you define gaslighting it's like someone has to be intentionally trying to like trick yeah. you to make you think that it's you and so like he did kind of come in with like 
bulleted notes. Yeah. He's like, chapter one, the I reason know. I cheated. Ugh, what a mess, what a mess. I will say, while I don't agree with how he handled himself in the argument, his emotions were real. When she said, I'm done, and his voice is like cracking, and he's like, like, don't give up, then don't leave. Like, he's, he's serious. And you can really tell that, like, that is a heartbroken man. It's a man that made a massive mistake and realized that, like, his whole, everything he wanted was completely shattered. And at that point, yeah. like, we've all made mistakes in our lives where you realize, fuck, like, that, there's no going back. And you know he was really going through it. It doesn't take away from the fact that I think, like, his feelings were real and genuine. But people took issue with him leaving throughout the argument because he had to keep going outside. The scene of him outside on the phone, like, First phoning one, a who friend. Who did he call? Who? Yeah, he phoned a friend for what? Do you think he called the person who picked him up? <laughs> He's, like, on the phone with Uber. He's like, yo, bro, That's what, got like, to get what here. I thought. Because I'm like, what? It was just, like, a random car. It didn't really seem like the normal Bachelor Escalades that they take them off in. I'm like, who did you call? Your friend to come drive by and scoop you out of there? And why was your shirt off? Why? Oh, I thought, well... I have two theories. One, he just like was so stressed about trying to get the microphone off because remember the first time he went out and he was like, where is it? Where is it? And then he was like covering his mic while talking to the producer. So oh, I think he was trying okay. to get his mic Good off take. or it could have just been really hot because he's like well, sweating. He's having a difficult conversation. He's going outside in the beating sun. Yeah. I don't know about the AC situation in the house. But right. Isn't, is this Mexico? I thought they were in LA. Okay. So they're in, I'm, regardless, it's, it's, it's warm it's climate. Yeah. He's taking off his shirt, but like his hair's all disheveled. He looks like he's yeah. been going through it. I actually compared him to the meme of um, Ben Affleck, like smoking and looking frustrated yeah, because I like know. those two images were spot on. One person actually wrote me and said, why do you got to drag Ben Affleck into this? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and explain to you what memes are. So I'm just not even going to engage. The internet is out of I control. I can't. Of course, they find a reason to like get mad over Yeah. Well, like, this Affleck. has nothing to do with Ben Affleck. And if I have to explain that to you, you probably shouldn't be following my page. Yeah. I will say, though, my friends sent me that meme and was like, Stephanie's so funny. So. Oh, thank you, you friends. I thought you were going to say they sent you that meme, like not knowing it was me. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> they, they keep up. They're aware. Oh. So he's phoning a friend. We don't know who he's phoning. He's like, mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. Literally. I don't know. I guess I wonder what they both went into the conversation thinking. And Tino seems to think that they were, were going into this conversation to maybe both take some accountability for the bad or to work it out. I think and, to, he... and to work it out. Right. No, exactly. But I think in order to do that, both people have to be like, this is where I fucked up. This is where I fucked up. Rachel seemed to go into it wanting to dress him down or hear him out. And as soon as he started turning it on her, she shut down and got defensive. I, I don't really know. One scene that I think really shined a light on their power struggle is when she came out to address him phoning a friend. Mm -hmm. And she's like, who are you calling? He kind said, of I needed to talk to someone real quick. I needed to I'm talk like, to someone. Okay. He's like, why are you out here? And she goes and starts like bringing back up the, the conversation. And he's like, let's go inside. And she's like, no, let's just talk. She starts talking and he goes, let's just go inside. And he just walks. And then you see her face. And I feel like, I don't know if all women can relate, but I've been in a relationship like that before where you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you're in the wrong and you're actually trying to make me now go back inside because that's what you want to do. Even right. though the only reason I'm outside is because you came outside. It's like anything this like baby back bitch wants, <laughs> you have to kind of oblige. Which speaking of, Ethan actually put on his Instagram stories. He goes, told you so, peace sign, hashtag BBB for baby back bitch. He writes, mic drop, I'm out. So, I mean, Ethan told us first, so. Yeah, I mean, the signs were all there. Unfortunately, this just seems like two people who should not be together. 
I think both need to really grow up and learn how to communicate effectively and get some emotional intelligence. The signs were not there when he got the first impression rose. The signs were not there when he got like any group date rose or his one-on-one date. So I think it's really, once again, telling that this show doesn't give you enough of real life experience with the person to get engaged because she didn't even know what type of arguer he was before they got engaged. You're getting engaged and like pledging your life to this person when you don't even know how they're going to behave in the real world. The fact that he like so drastically changed. If you look back at how he was with her one-on-one date, you can't base an engagement in a marriage off of these little moments where you have this bubble date. Yeah, no, it's And then we're just supposed to like... You don't know how this person deals with real life conflict. Although I will say we got a taste at the end there when there were some conflicts that needed to be addressed, like, hey, Tino, mm. your family hates me, and he didn't want to discuss it. It was just like, it'll be fine. They're gonna love speaking you, of, it's fine. Speaking of his family, so mm. bummed that Joe Franco and fam were not there. I've been checking Joe Franco's Facebook. Now, when I typed in his fucking name into mm-hmm. Facebook yesterday, it said Joe Franco, popular now. So Facebook has like a new feature, I guess, that everyone was typing in his name. Now, I feel like since last week when we covered all the other, what did he talk about? Like he was, oh, when he like went off on his his rant, I think someone's taught him how to do um, privacy settings because there's no way he didn't comment yesterday and there's no way. So I think he did say something. We just haven't seen it. So if anyone's friends with Joe Franco, do me a solid and screenshot it to me. I mean, overall conclusion... I would like to know the piece of the puzzle that we don't know. And Tino's going to be on Vile Files next week. I'm like, if Nick does not get to the bottom of this, come on, dude. Nick will get to the bottom of this. Nick's a lot of things, but I think he can handle this one. I agree. I I do think it's a little annoying that his family wasn't in the studio audience because I feel like Tino could have used a team member. Whether you're team Rachel or team Tino, why didn't he get anyone kind of like to be on his side a little bit. Obviously, Rachel had America on her side and had Jesse on her side. It was very one-sided. And like, I do feel like I probably lean more towards Team Rachel versus Team Tino, Mm -hmm. but I could see both sides. I don't know. I feel like maybe his family being there could have helped. Although... Knowing Joe Franco probably wouldn't have done Joe any Franco help. would have gotten like on the stage himself and, and had some words, I'm sure of it. I think Tino just needs to realize that when you're trying to take accountability by blaming the other person and bringing up all the reasons why you did the things you did, it's not taking accountability. Like sometimes you just need to like swallow your pride and say, I was wrong, you were right, and that's it. Yeah. And he didn't do that. He's like, I was wrong, but So Avon comes in, asks Well Rachel first to Jesse catch up. First, Jesse then says, um, so Rachel, someone wants to come see you and they demanded that they come see you. Obviously, we know it's Avon that comes out. Rachel seems genuinely confused and surprised. Why couldn't they have removed Tino for that moment? I agree. If they really wanted Rachel and Avon to have this like redemption moment, why not let Tino not be there for it? Yeah, I think that was really rude and messed up. Also, too, when Avon came out, obviously, like, everyone is screaming, everyone's cheering. Tino looked like he was trying to say something, and they just really, like, ushered him off. What do you think he was trying to say? I'm like, I feel like he was about to, I was hoping and praying that things would get messy, and he would drop the details that we don't have, because Rachel kept being like, you want to go there, Tino? You want to go there? And he's like, yeah, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And then she'd kind of back off. So I don't really know, like, who this, like, these extra details 
hurts or helps or what, but he wanted to chime in and say something for sure. So Avon asks her if she wants to catch up. She says, I would love nothing more, leaves the sh- leaves the stage. She definitely wasn't supposed to walk off stage because Jesse just stood there with Tino, really awkward, like, okay, this is live TV, we don't really know what to do. But at that point, I saw Tino, like, if you go back to the clip, he's like, moving his mouth. Mm-hmm. I took it that he probably wanted to say, like, I just wanted to say sorry to Bachelor Nation. I thought he was going to say something. Because yeah. I think it clicked in his head. He's like, fuck, this was supposed to be damage control. And I've done everything but damage control. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, Tino didn't answer my text. So. Yeah, one day. How did Rachel... Because, yes, I agree with you. I don't think she was supposed to run off with Avon in that exact <laughs> moment. And then like Rachel, she, not following the script. And then she never came back on the stage. Like, Jesse even said at one point when it was just Gabby sitting there, he's like, we're supposed to have Rachel sitting here, too, but uh, she's off with Avon. Ha ha, live television. And it's like, what do you mean? Where did she go? What are they... You're telling me her and Avon are just, like, sitting off in a dressing room and no one knocked on the door and was like... Excuse me, Rachel, you're contractually obligated to sit here with Gabby right now and and keep answering questions. Like, where was she? There's not many. Like, they didn't, like, call an Uber and go run off somewhere. Like, where are they? They're in the room. They're in the dressing room. She's like, I'm busy. I've been going through a lot. I'm having some I just don't alone understand time how with Avon. she was allowed to get away with that and not come back onto the stage any other unless, time. Unless she really wasn't supposed to come back and they were just saying that to kind to of build up this fantasy of Avon because I have a clip from Reality Steve's podcast where mm-hmm. he's shed some light. He revealed that Avon was going to surprise her like 30 minutes before yeah. it actually aired. And this is his take on it. was a dig at Tino that didn't need to be done. Even if she was pissed at him, how does that make her a better person for being so happy that Avon showed up when I can tell you this thing is not even real? If I found out about it 30 minutes before the show, I kind of probably know something that people don't. This isn't real. This was done strictly for television purposes. It was bullshit. Um, it's probably going to be short-lived. I guarantee they probably don't even go out. He makes a good point because if like Rachel and Tino have been broken up for weeks now if Avon actually wanted to pursue Rachel why wasn't there any story of him reaching out to Rachel weeks ago it does the fact that reality Steve did find out a half hour before is very telling that this probably is just it was a nice way to wrap up Rachel's story with a bow but I don't see much coming from this I agree with you I think they really just wanted to give Rachel a win so that it could like in it was the exact same thing as um, Hannah Brown and Tyler. Like, after right. everything they had wa- gone through with Jed and all that stuff, they just wanted to end on a slight high note. I know they try to do that, especially for their leads. But I agree. I don't really think there's anything there anymore with Rachel and Avon. I think they're friends. And what did we get from Hannah and Tyler? Like, nothing. He was already in Gigi Hadid's DMs. So, right. so we move over to Gabby. Mm-hmm. Gabby's face watching Gabby and Eric footage is a lot different than... Rachel. So, like, these girls should not play poker because they have horrible poker faces. But I knew by watching Gabby that even though I was unsure of where she stood with Eric, her face told me everything I needed to know. And if that wasn't enough for you guys, when Gabby went to go talk to Rachel before she had her conversation with Tino, she was wearing her freaking engagement ring. And they didn't even cut it out. It's like, okay, spoiler alert. So at that point, she's engaged. That was before we even saw the proposal. We saw Gabby wearing her engagement ring. And then when Gabby and 
Eric came on and and Jesse introduced them. He said her fiance Eric. It's like okay, well, so clearly whatever issues they're going to address right now about the text and everything else, they're, they're fine, fine because right. they're still fiancés. It was just like it was messy in that sense. So Eric proposes to Gabby. What happened to the whole he just wanted to date? I kind of feel like that was a storyline they just threw in, but it wasn't actually real because then nothing really. There was so much focus on the Rachel and Tino that the whole Gabby Eric. I'm not sure if I want to get engaged thing kind of was just like, you know what? Never mind. Well, and I they just like moved on. noted that like they didn't really show us what their conversation was after that, but then they left very happy and kissing and yeah. smiley. So I'm like, okay, well, clearly they're not showing us because they want us to be a little bit surprised for the engagement, but it seems like they left on right. a good note and came mm-hmm. to some sort of understanding and maybe, maybe he was just freaking out and she talked him down from it or they, they came to some sort of consensus of like yeah we'll get engaged but we will have a long engagement and take our time who knows we didn't get I wasn't to see sure it. if I went to the bathroom and missed something because no, I was didn't. like did they have a conversation and I missed it that like I was kind of I felt like once again they were focusing too much on the other couple that they were like oh this doesn't really matter they're gonna be fine anyway so just leave it yeah and no, we didn't you, really you didn't get the whole anything. story we just like but didn't no. see their conversation but it seemed like they left happy so i assumed it went well eric proposes to gabby mm-hmm. i do want to call out because i call this shit out every single season but gabby tells eric when she sees the ring he did so good and that just makes me cringe because they literally choose from three rings in a neil lane box although where the hell was neil lane this season like the man did i miss him oh yeah, yeah. the actual human he was busy Right, but usually Neil Lane shows yeah. them three rings and they choose one. So, like, don't give him that credit. He didn't pay for it. He didn't choose it. He chose it's... it out of three. Out wow. Of the three, he picked the prettiest one. She doesn't know. She doesn't know what the other two were. I know. Do you think they talk about ring preferences of, like, what they would actually like? I hope so. I think at the very least, God, you don't talk about a lot of shit. You better tell them the type of ring you like. So we get to the... So they get engaged. There's really no drama there. They're really happy... They are just so playful together. I am just so obsessed with Gabby's personality, Mm -hmm. and it seems like Eric really fits her well. We go to the live after show, and Jesse actually brings up the text message situation with with Eric's ex. If you guys want a whole rundown of what that situation is, if you missed it, go to our YouTube channel. We have a video kind of breaking that all down, but... Long story short, Eric was dating some girl before he went on the show. They had broken up, but they were really texting and he had sent her flowers right before he had left to go on the show. And she released those text messages to kind of show that he didn't really have great intentions going on to the show. And there was also a text message that he sent to her on the day of the premiere. So after they got back from filming, he's engaged to Gabby at this point, kind of just like apologizing again, saying, I'm still thinking of you and I wish you the best. Kind of like to try to... Smooth it over and not have her be... Right. So basically, this is a Jed situation, except they actually did break up. And Gabby said that she knew about this months prior to it all coming out. And I think that really is the big difference between a Jed situation and this situation, Mm -hmm. because we don't know exactly when they had a conversation, but they clearly had a conversation prior about people he had dated previously and and came to some sort of understanding and she understood where she stood. Whereas, like, can you imagine being Hannah Brown, just being, like, at at the grocery store one day and then all of a sudden your fiancé and his ex-girlfriend are splattered all over People magazine? I do want to call out, so... The Bachelor franchise had contacted Bachelor Nation Scoop, the Instagram page. Mm -hmm. We follow them. They're awesome. Yeah. And basically 
threatened them saying that they can't use the name Bachelor Nation in their Instagram page. They changed the logo to make Bachelor Nation less prominent in like the little profile icon on the Bachelor Nation yeah. scoop Instagram. But yeah, they basically got like more or less a cease and desist from ABC being like, Bachelor Ugh, Nation's stop. our name, you can't use this. Right. What was interesting, though, is the text messages that they aired on the live after show were exclusively from Bachelor Nation Scoop. Yeah. So, and I didn't even realize that until this morning. I'm scrolling through everything, and I'm like, oh, yeah. They you no silenced credit. this page. They got no credit. Amanda, the ex-girlfriend, has spoken out. She has spoken to Reality Steve, so it's not like that information is only there now, but the text message screenshots were originally on Bachelor Nation Scoop, so it was interesting that they're okay to run those on the, sh on the show, an actual photo. Yeah, I just wish... I think ABC would be in a much better position if they acknowledged the creators that talk about their show that are not necessarily associated with their show, but clearly, like, keep the world turning and keep the buzz about their show going. I just think they would be in a much better place if they acknowledged these people and kind of got more involved with the greater dialogue as opposed to only funneling things through like these three podcasts that they own where they control the narrative the whole time. I just think they'd be more in touch with their audience if they just like were taking in the whole picture of like the conversation surrounding Bachelor Nation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am happy though that we did get to see the text messages, not like for exploiting Bachelor Nation scoop, but like the fact that Eric downplayed the extent of the relationship, talking yeah. that like, you know, I only dated her for a month and it wasn't really that serious. By seeing the text messages, it kind of let him eat his words a little bit and be like, okay, well, you did say that you were going on the show for a career move. You did say it wasn't real. It kind of put him in his place a little bit and he couldn't really hide behind his story. So I'm happy that we did get to see the text messages. Yeah, I just wish Jesse would have pushed him a little bit more because I do feel like he kind of softballed him and like we didn't address the text that he sent after he had gotten back from filming, while he was presumably engaged to Gabby, which I think is the most damning part of all of it. All the stuff before, I kind of get. Like, he's allowed to date someone before the show. He can go into it with horrible motives and expectations, but that doesn't mean he doesn't truly love Gabby and wasn't surprised by the experience. So, like, we didn't really get to hear about that part, so I don't know. And, and Jesse also didn't really press Gabby of like, oh, well, when you found out about this, like, did you have difficult conversations about this? Like, did you lose trust in him and you ha he had to rebuild it for you? Or like, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of questions that I still have about the whole situation. Gabby also reminded us that Eric wanted the first impression rose from both women, which I totally forgot about. But yeah. that's pretty interesting to think about now because he went into the show with a plan. That was one before he fell for Gabby. So he went in, it's night one, and he wanted a first impression rose from anyone that was willing to give it to him. And I think that's very telling given that like, now we know a few days before that, he was sending roses to this other girl, Amanda, right. telling her it's a business move. So I, Gabby was kind of joking and saying like, you know, he's always been in on me, except when he wanted an, a first impression rose from both of us, like, haha. But I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You were He was kind of villainous the first few episodes. Yeah, he was. I was thinking he would maybe get a villain edit. I remember saying that earlier on. But the fact that Gabby like can joke about it and can even so confidently be like, yeah, and, and like he was an asshole to this girl and I've told him that. It, it just shows how confident she is in their relationship that she can make these little jokes and, and these little like playful jabs towards Eric. So everything I'm seeing from them at face value, seems like they are a pretty solid couple. Obviously, there were two controversies that surrounded Eric. It was the text messages from Amanda, and then a week prior, his yearbook photo that came out of him in blackface. Only one of those things was addressed. Do you think the text messages coming out at the time that they came out 
was a convenient way to deflect from the blackface that they wouldn't have to address that on the show because they didn't address that on the show. Apparently, people knew that these texts were out there as recently as like July. There was an Us Weekly article that, oh, by Sarah Heron, that basically asks her some question. It covers the whole situation and then asks her some questions. Um, so Amanda said in this article that she initially shared the messages in July, but they didn't get attention until Eric was a finalist. But she shared them with who? Bachelor Nation Scoop. I think Bachelor I think Nation Bachelor Scoop Nation did Scoop. it. So then no, I don't think that because Bachelor Nation Scoop, I re actually, I do remember them saying this was said to me a while ago, but um, they didn't want, they didn't know that he was finalist or anything like, they didn't know he won. Okay. Okay, so then if that's not the case, then why didn't the show address both things? I know people are definitely angry about it. I know Rachel Lindsay spoke out and said that they absolutely should have. Well, it's just interesting to me that it's like they addressed it in Rachel Kirkconnell's situation. Why are they not addressing it? Like, why are they addressing it for some people and not for others? That's to me confusing. Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's w weird that they didn't address the blackface issue that came out a week before the text messages yeah. came out and everyone was talking about it and they were very hand in hand to address one of his issues and not the other just seemed convenient. Anyway, do you want to talk about this stuff that Amanda was posting during the show? Amanda is sticking strong to her story and basically said that Eric is not someone to be trusted. The night of the finale, she posted a photo of him in a bowling alley and wrote, same tricks, different girl. Is that, I mean, that's obviously alluding to the fact that didn't Eric and Gabby had their first one-on-one -on -one with her grandpa at the bowling alley. But I don't get why that means same tricks, different girl. Oh, I didn't even realize the bowling alley had anything to do with it. I just thought it was a random photo of him. Oh, oh, see, I was, I was thinking it was clocking the bowling alley, but I don't, I don't know why she's still posting about this. I get that she's hurt. I get that she's mad, but I don't think this is a great look. No, and at this point, it's like, you've said your piece, he said his. He apologized to you on national television. Like, if you really think Gabby's gonna learn that he's not a great we'll guy, learn. she'll learn. Yeah. And I just don't know what, like, this stuff that she's posting now has mm -hmm. anything to do. She had the receipts, so I just don't really get the point of that. We know they had a relationship. We know he liked her. I think it's because he very much tried to downplay their relationship. He's mm -hmm. like, I dated her for a month before the show. Reality Steve pointed out that it was two months. And like, two months, a month, whatever. But that's, you're leaving out 50% of your relationship by, by minimalizing it and saying it was only a month. And yeah. two months of hanging out with someone every single day is a lot different than oh, I just knew her a month before I went on the show. Like, you can word things in a way that very much downplays what it actually was. So I think her seeing how he's downplayed it really pisses her off, and she kind of doesn't want to look like an idiot either. Like, she probably wants to say, like, look, no, we had a relationship. And if you go to our YouTube video and look at the text messages between the two, he didn't necessarily want to break up with her before going on the show. She right. said, no, I'm... If you want to go do this, you can go. On the After the Final Rose show, he's saying... I didn't want to be with her and I just didn't know how to tell her. Yeah, he said he was using the show as like an excuse to not have a difficult conversation of like, let's break up. Yeah. Best of luck to Gabby and Eric. I mean, I do think it's good that she knew about this stuff. I'm happy that she wasn't blindsided. Yeah. You know, it kind of feels like all the skeletons are out of the closet now, so hopefully they could just move forward. I'm yeah. sure we'll see Eric at Dancing with the Stars now, now that they're officially together. So we'll see. I think they're definitely going to date for a long time. I... I think they're going to, I don't I do know if they're going to make it down the aisle, but I think they're going to be together for a little bit. I do too. Even with all of this stuff working against them, I don't know what it is about seeing them together. 
Like, I really genuinely see it in a way that, like, I never saw it with Rachel and Tino, even in the mm-hmm. beginning. And I don't always see it with bachelor couples that are, like, sitting on that couch and being like, yeah, we're in love, we're happy. But something about them, I'm like, they click in a way that, I, I don't know, I, I just see it. So yeah. I wish them the best. I mean, it seems like they have really good communication and they're very honest with each other. So I think they have the tools to get through tough things. They both seem really mature in that sense. Well, at least Gabby seems mature in that sense that she's like not willing to like fight. Like she's literally just like be honest with me and like let's work through it. I want to call out Sean Lowe in the audience because Mm -hmm. Bachelor Data actually said something to me. So a year ago, there was an article that came out that said Sean Lowe was boycotting The Bachelor because uh, Chris Harrison is no longer with the franchise. And he said, like, he wasn't watching it and wouldn't support the show. But now he's in the audience. And I did notice that when he gave, you know, the cheesy advice to Zach, which we'll get to Zach, Jesse says, you know, that's great advice, Sean. Like, are you interested in giving more advice in the future? Which was just really weird. Yeah, that yeah is I don't weird. know if anyone else picked up on that, but when I he didn't. said that, I was like, I raised an eyebrow and I'm like, what? who asks that? And that makes me feel like we may see Sean. Which, again, is weird given that a year ago he said he was boycotting the show. So either you're throwing some serious money at him. He looked great. I was like, actually, really he surprised. Did. And I, I was like, always, Sean Lowe has never done it for me. I've never mm-hmm. really like gotten it, but I was like, oh my God, he looks hot. Yeah, he did it for me in the audience. I did think it was interesting. Like, they have Sean and Catherine there who are, like, one of the two or three only success stories out of The Bachelor. And then all the Bachelorettes that were there, Caitlin (laughs) Bristow, Becca, and Michelle, none of them are with the guy that they picked when they were Bachelorette, which I just thought was a funny little tidbit. And then they're sitting there giving advice as Bachelorettes, which obviously they're all great Bachelorettes and handled the publicity and all the stuff that comes with that very well. But I just thought it was, like, LOL, guys. You all broke up with your original guys. LOL, guys. So we get um, we get announced. So, uh, <laughs> and, like, and then for the last hour of the show, I didn't fucking right. watch. And I answered emails because Zach's our bachelor guy. We heard you, Bachelor Nation. Who did you hear? Like, I, the you one hear person me. in the corner being like, Zach, Zach. And it's like Zach's mom. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) I don't know who they heard. I'm sure Zach's a lovely man. Of course. But I do not forgive him for saying it's a good cup of Joe during his overnight (laughs) date with Rachel. And it just gives me like cringy feelings. And he doesn't do it for me. I don't think he's necessarily a guy that like everyone would throw themselves at at a bar. Yeah, I agree. He's just not my favorite. And I feel like there were a lot of other options they could have pursued to really amplify. I I thought there was going to be a big shebang. Like, you're never going to believe who The Bachelor is. This was the most boring, vanilla choice that we could have chosen. And I just keep thinking back to, like, Clayton's season. It was a similar reaction from me, at least, when they announced Clayton as the Bachelor. I was like, wait, who? Obviously, like, as the season went on, I grew to really like Clayton, and we got to know him a little bit better. And then his ending still was very good. It was a very dramatic season, and it ended up being good. The only thing is, it's like, I think they really struggled with getting people in the door to even try Clayton's season because no one knew who Clayton was and no one was really excited about it. And I think really if they want to keep this show going and get ratings, you need to get people in the door to watch the season before so before they can even make it to the end of the season and see that, oh, it actually turned out being really good. But if people aren't tuning into that first episode, it's not going to succeed. And that's kind of how I feel with Zach. I'm like, I just don't think this is what's going to pull the most people to watch it's nothing against Zach, nothing against the 
manipulation and drama that I know that they can pull at the end and crush this man. I do think it's going to be one of the seasons where the lead doesn't actually matter. It's going to be so much drama with the women that it could have been anyone. Like, the lead is not going to be what's pulling the rating. It's it's going to be all the craziness that's going off with the women. And yeah. I think it's probably going to be a season that ends in an engagement. We haven't had one in a while. He does seem like a guy who's, like, genuinely ready and looking to find someone. So yeah. that's, So he seems pure. He does seem genuine. So there's that. I really don't care, like... I know. To hear about him drinking Joe. I just don't. He's so cheesy. So his journey started Tuesday night. We meet five. Five? I don't know. I stopped watching. <laughs> I did not watch that last Oh, hour. okay. Well, we met a handful of the girls. Mm-hmm. They've done this so many times. This is the first time they've done it with a guy. They've done it with a few bachelorette leads. I literally never care. I don't care about the people that walk out. It's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. I don't get excited. I don't get why they do this. So they did it. And he was so caught off guard, so nervous. So you didn't watch this part? I like half watched it. I was answering emails on my computer, but the TV was still on. I was watching. Okay, there's not actually any like real dialogue happening between the people. But I thought Jesse really sabotaged Zach when he says, he goes, now I want you to name all the women. Zach clearly struggles. And I was waiting there. There was like that, that awkward like pause. I was waiting for Jesse to jump in and be like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Instead, he just lets there be the awkward pause and all the girls kind of looked like a little bit offended that he couldn't name any of them. He actually said Bailey's name was Balin, which like she gave a freaking little rhyme to to help you remember her name and you still couldn't remember her name. I just thought that was really weird. Like we're trying to set this guy up to be like this hot, desirable guy. Don't do that, Jesse. Don't Come on. Him. I know, but the, read the room. All their bachelors. That's why it's just. I voted for Brianna, who won. I thought she was stunning, and I thought she was really cute. I do think they should have done the voting. If we're if we're open to voting, why don't we vote for the bachelor? We're cool to vote. You're you want to let us weigh in now? Having us vote on a first impression, Rose. I mean, that to me just shows they don't actually want us to vote. They want us to think we're yeah. contributing to the process right, when, like, exactly. we're not doing anything. Because. Nothing says a first impression rose is less important in developing a relationship when the guy that you want to date isn't even I know contributing to it. Like yeah. I, Brianna is seems great and I'm sure she's going to be wonderful on night 1, but like she can't go into it really thinking she's a front runner. Like right. Zach didn't choose you, America did. So that doesn't actually have anything to do with Zach. I just thought that was weird. It was. I mean, it was truly a waste of an hour of my life away for ABC to cash in on like another hour of commercials more or less it's because otherwise mm-hmm. it's like stop doing this I wanted to hear more about Gabby and Eric you didn't even ask them all the questions I wanted you to ask like why yeah. are we doing this it was just a waste of time I wish they announced the next bachelor at these things and then just move on I don't need to see them meet five random yeah. people from night one I hate night one so we yeah. don't need it to come earlier but night one speaking of is coming January 23rd so we have a premiere date that's really exciting we can start the countdown next week is kicking off paradise so we will meet you back in the recap room the work never ends for us I know I'm like can they give us a little break a one can we week have a week buffer, off please sir no this is this is like our football season this is our I Super know. Bowl well, that was our Super Bowl. We'll get a break, I guess, between Paradise and 
Zach the Bachelor, season, right? The grind never stops, Jackie. The grind never stops. What an exhausting thing being a fan of this show. Did you like your deep tissue massage in the recap spa? I did. I do feel rejuvenated. I feel I let some stress go, ready to be zen and take on the day. Oh, I really rested. Um, I got a nice scalp massage. They put a little peppermint cool. oil on my temples. I just nice. feel really relaxed, you know? I needed that after that's good with the that shit show on tuesday night but yeah i guess we have to leave the spa you can't stay here forever don't massages always go by way too fast Ugh. i feel like they literally blink and then they're like okay your hour is up ma'am and i'm like Ugh. wait am i the only one that um literally thinks about that throughout the entire massage i've gotten a lot of massages in my day i'm like a massage <laughs> person and the whole time i'm like okay i bet it's been 20 minutes so that means i have 40 minutes left and like i just like totally ruin it for myself by thinking the whole time instead of of just enjoying but that's neither here nor there that's a bummer <laughs> all right well we are going to get out of the recap spa we'll meet you guys next week in the recap room wherever it may be i don't know we'll have to see yeah wherever the recaps take us i don't know all right so i will see you next week you know <laughs> elsewhere okay bye this next segment is brought to you by better help if you are looking to get into therapy and you don't know where to start, BetterHelp makes it so easy to find a affordable, professional, discreet therapist. Yes, we've told you guys about BetterHelp on the podcast before, and you can get started with just a click of a button after you sign up. BetterHelp matches you to a therapist that fits your objectives and preferences and the type of issues that you want to work on. So it is an amazing resource. Like Stephanie said, if you don't know where to start, in your mental health journey, BetterHelp gets you there right away with a click of a button. Yeah, so you can go to betterhelp.com slash she's all batch and that will get you 10% off your first month of services. So that's one whole month of therapy services that you can get 10% off by going to betterhelp.com slash she's all batch. Start feeling better today. We're gonna kick off Bachelor Encounters. You guys know that's when you submit your stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild. We read about it on air, take them all with a grain of salt. Let's get into it. Okay, this first one came in just this past Sunday. She writes, Encounter time, I met Gabby, Grandpa John, and a few other family members of her family this Saturday at a popular rooftop bar in LA. I was so nervous, but my fearless boyfriend walked up to them and was like, are you Gabby from The Bachelorette? Of course she said, yes, and he said, my girlfriend is your biggest fan, but she's too nervous to say hi. They all get so excited to be recognized and they wave me over. I told Gabby I love her and Rachel and then turned to Grandpa John and told him I loved him too. Another person in the group, her aunt, I think, immediately offered to take a picture. We talked about the bar we were at for a sec and before I left, I told her we were rooting for her for Dancing with the Stars. So everyone go vote for my new friend Gabby 10 times every Monday night. They truly couldn't have been more friendly, all of them. And I know this goes without saying, but Gabby is even more gorgeous in person. Aw, I love this story for two reasons. One, the fact that Gabby's grandpa is like at a rooftop bar in LA. He wins like coolest grandpa of the year award yes. and he should be the senior bachelor, 100%. I'm shocked though that Gabby doesn't actually get recognized that much. Yeah, she was excited. Like the fact that she was so surprised and excited. I would think, especially in LA, she's getting recognized all the time now that she's doing Dancing with the Stars too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was just excited. I mean, that could be too. And she, she could still get recognized all the time, but it's still kind of new for her since she's like only been the lead a few months. And I'm not surprised that she's even more gorgeous in person. Like she is a walking Barbie doll. Love I her. I know. I love her so much. I want to meet her on a rooftop in LA with her grandpa. I know. One day. Well, yeah, it'll happen. Okay. We're manifesting. 
So moving on, this is another audience member. I love these. If guys, if you are in the audience at one of the, the live shows, please send me your experience. It's so interesting. Wait, fun fact, I applied a few days ago to try to be in the audience just to get on their roster, but I don't think they'll ever call me. They're gonna be like, no. Well, they, in, they insist that you put some sort of Instagram or some sort of social handle or something. And I'm like, there's nothing I can put that's gonna hide this podcast from their radar. So I don't think they'll want me there. But it was for like after the final rose finales and like group dates or anything else that's like in your area. So I was like, maybe one day. I mean, hi, we're promoting your show, but whatever. This one writes, uh, Bachelor after the final rose audience member experience. So this is for part one. Okay. Since it was live, it wasn't as juicy as the mental all experience someone shared a few weeks ago. I attended the 913 one, checked in and started at 12. We took a COVID test right away. Some people got their, their test results within 20 minutes, but other people had to wait at least an hour. We were told we were going to be provided lunch. After you tested negative, we went into a room with a bunch of tables, signed NDAs, and waited for lunch. After waiting in that room, doing absolutely nothing for two and a half hours, lunch finally arrived at 3 p.m. It was Jersey Mike's. We waited another hour and a half to go onto the stage. We had to put our phones in an envelope beforehand. Our sign that we made didn't get approved to take in because it was about Erich and he wasn't there. People were still showing up from their COVID tests as we were lining up to go in around 4 p.m. So people were literally testing for four hours. We got seated and we think they placed us based on colors we were wearing. Since it was live, we didn't have to stage our reactions beforehand like your other listener had to. A man named Rob would lead us with the clapping and encourage us to react constantly because the cameras were always on us. The girls looked even more beautiful in person. Rachel was clearly on edge the whole time and didn't wave very much to the audience members but every single time Gabby came out she waved to us Jesse talked to us as well waiting around for four hours was pretty annoying but the actual after the final rose show made up for it just wish they were still giving out free cruises and then she sent pics and actually like circled herself on the screen she goes oh and every time there was a commercial break makeup artists and what I think was their therapists or producers came out to talk to them or touch up their makeup okay I definitely think that's producers not therapists yeah i don't think therapists would check in so publicly like that in front of and people. i don't think they care to give you a therapist on the spot they want you to be like produced yeah, for sure how pissed would you be if you went to this and waited around for several hours for the catered lunch and then it was fucking jersey mics um really really yeah no not okay like abc has all the money in the world and they can't spring for like a hot catered food bar. They're literally just going to give you a, a pre-made Jersey Mike's sandwich. That's disgusting. Right. Yeah, a penny al vodka tray, like some french fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, martini yeah, yeah, bar. Yeah. yeah, that's that's actually true. You all get like a, a fucking sandwich. I've done like some background work and stuff before and like they always have so many fucking snacks, so much food and stuff. And this is ABC. You're telling me they're, they're not treating people the same way they would treat like random background actors? I mean, that is what they yeah, are. They are background. Jersey yeah. Mike's. I don't know. I mean, no hate to Jersey Mike's. Like, there's going to be... I'm hating on Jersey Mike's, sorry. I'm throwing hate to Jersey wow. Mike's. We're going to get a freaking cease and desist from, from Mike <laughs> himself. Or just mean messages from other people. But like, that is my favorite sandwich in the world. How dare and you? And therefore, we are awful people for not liking it. What's your order? Why do you like it so I much? don't get Jersey Mike's. I'm not, like, married to Jersey Mike's or anything. Oh. I just feel like justice for Jersey Mike's, they deserve love, too. Okay. Yeah. You know? As a Jersey girl, I must concur. Okay. Moving on. Bachelor Encounter. I used to live in the same condo building that Kevin and Astrid lived in. We often saw them walking around the building, lobby, or in the elevator. I never told them I was a fan because it was where they lived. I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. They often smiled at my dog when she smiled at them. But overall, they seemed like a lovely couple. Astrid is absolutely stunning in person. Aww. That's nice that they smiled at your dog. That is very nice. And the dog smiled back? 
Dogs can smile. That's what she said. Yeah. I agree. Maybe not telling them, like, if you're, like, their next door neighbor, it's kind of weird to be like, hey, I'm a big fan. Saw you get your mail today. It's just weird. Although in Kevin and Ashton's case, it's like, I don't think they really have any drama or anything they would feel, like, weird for a fan to know about going on in their home. But, yeah, it's still a little weird. It's like, oh, you watched me on TV. You think you know me, but you don't. Yeah. Like, we're actually strangers and neighbors, but you, like, know way too much about my life. Right. Like, every DoorDash order, every time he gets Jersey Mike's DoorDash, you're going to be judging him. So, like, they don't want to know that. Right. Moving on. I was behind Jordan Rogers in the security line at LAX about four months after the end of his and JoJo season. I was about seven months pregnant and had my rowdy four-year-old with me who cut in front of Jordan. When I told him to come back and wait his turn, Jordan not only let us go in front of him, he also helped with my suitcase and gave me the bins that he was using. He was really nice and extremely good looking. So far, everyone's been very good looking. I mean, that is a theme in Bachelor Nation. That's true. Everyone is very good looking. I mean, and Jordan Rogers is very hot. We met him in person too. Yeah. He does doesn't do it for me. He does. I mean, he seems like a nice guy, really? but he doesn't do it for me. I don't think I would ever go out of my way to go up to him in a bar. What about going just based off looks? That's what I'm kind of talking about. Oh, I'm just surprised because I, I think he's really attractive. But he's that's he's cute. Like I get it. Like I understand why people think he's attractive. He just doesn't do it for me. Right. I feel like you like a more rugged mm-hmm. farmer. Like he doesn't. <laughs> what are you insinuating? He doesn't like grow any food or anything from the ground, so I'm not like... I feel like you like rugged, rough and tough farmers. manly men. Yes, I do. Okay, next one. I love the pod, ladies. It has quickly become my favorite podcast to date. I have a bachelor encounter to share. Thank you. My sister lived downtown Chicago, so we went clubbing one night in 2016. We were both big Bachelor fans, so when we saw this group of ladies, we fangirled hard. I went up to Lauren Himlay, Lauren H. from Ben Season, and asked for a photo. She was the sweetest ever and said, of course. Amber, Amber James, who we've mm-hmm. had on the pod, rolled her eyes at us and said, fine <gasps> if I have to. Jamie and the other lady, can't remember her name, were also so, so nice. I don't know how we're supposed to know who you're referring to, the other lady, but I'm glad most of them were nice. Yeah, oh, I'm surprised by Amber, though. That is pretty rude. I'm sure Amber was just having a bad day. No, I know. Maybe this was like the sixth person to come up to her and she was like, okay, enough. All right, well, those are all the Bachelor encounters we have for this week. If you have a story you want to share, DM me at She's All Batch. We may read about it next week. I'm not even going to beat around the bush anymore. If you have not gone to dameproducts.com from the amount of times we've told you guys how phenomenal they are, I judge you and I think you should just reconsider what you're doing with your life because you need to go to dameproducts.com now and check out their high quality, top rated sex toys and vibrators. Yes, absolutely. They have so many toys that you can use with or without a partner if you want to spice things up with yourself or with your loved one. And if you don't know where to start, they literally have a quiz on their website to tell tell you what is the best toy for you and your needs. So there's, it's truly hassle-free. You can go there with no expectations and Dame products will tell you what you need. Dame does literally all the work for you. They tell you which toy is best for you. And then like you get the toy and like they do all the work and you get to just enjoy. Yeah. It's really great for anyone who's like new to using sex toys or hasn't ever incorporated them into their intimacy routine. You don't have to go to a store and ask any questions. You can just take the quiz in the privacy of your own home. And then it will ship to you in discreet packaging. So no one knows your secret is safe with us. And if you use code she's all batch at checkout, you can get 15% off their entire site. So why wouldn't you just go check out the site, see if there's something you like and get money off. It's amazing. That's D-A-M-E products.com. Use code she's all batch for 15% off site wide. 
This interview contains talk of suicide, so we wanted to issue a trigger warning prior to running it. Yes, so if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please call 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. You can also call 988 in the United States. And for international resources, please go to save.org slash find dash help. And the link to that will be in our episode description. Okay, guys, we have Chris Randone here. You guys know him from The Bachelorette. You also know him from Bachelor in Paradise. Chris, thank you for coming on She's All Batch. Thanks, guys. Pleasure uh, for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Me too. We're going to dive right into this stuff. (laughs) You recently commented on an Instagram post, and it was about Nate and Michelle breaking up over the phone. You (laughs) made a comment, put it out there, and said that your marriage actually ended over the phone. Yeah, this was a pretty embarrassing comment from myself, um, believe it or not. So I will say uh definitely shouldn't have even wrote it okay. uh, I, I don't know if it was the caffeine or what was going on during that moment when I saw it but um yeah I mean obviously there is truth to that but in the grand scheme of things when you look at it um you know it was during a pandemic right I you know left California to Florida for a little bit so technically speaking it really had to happen over the phone. Okay. But um, yeah, I think it was just an embarrassing comment. And honestly, uh, my girlfriend actually pointed out to me, she was like, it kind of seems like you were making it about yourself. And I deleted it. Like, okay. Like literally like 10 or 15 minutes afterwards, but I shook my head. I was like, damn, why did I write that? But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, over the phone when it, when it took place, um, I've been in that kind of situation. But I think what I was trying to do is be funny. And I don't think it like, came off as funny so once again one of those one of those dry humor things that just didn't that didn't stick right if you deleted it and you don't want to even bring it back up i'm fine to just skip this no no it's i mean no no, it's fine i mean it's not yeah it's not not that it's not it's not really not that crazy okay so you but you did end a marriage you you got you got married and engaged on tv to crystal from re season um are you guys on good terms today yeah no we're good um i reached out to her not too long ago because uh i don't know if I think it's known. I don't know if it's known publicly, but her mom got like diagnosed with cancer. Oh no! Um, and I think she had. Um, they removed like uh, what's it called when you remove the breast? I forget from the breast cancer. Of a I don't know what it's, it's called, but I know what you're talking a, about. It's like a yeah. mastectomy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so. so I guess yeah, so I guess they performed like a mastectomy on her, and um, you know, they found like multiple nodules that I had tumors, I guess. And um, I think it's like at a stage where obviously it wouldn't be good to, to anyone if they heard that. So, um, reached out, you know, just sending prayers and well wishes and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, what's crazy is I think like when it all went down, like, you know, just getting divorced and all that other stuff, um, you know, it's, it's a shock at first, but it's so crazy how you learn so much from that stuff. Like, you know, you realize that you really can't control anything and you have to accept like the different paths that happen in life so mm-hmm. um you know originally when it happened i was like damn i can't believe this happened and she was pregnant and all this stuff and i'm thinking like damn you know this is wild this is like a movie mm-hmm. and um but now i look back and i'm like you know she's happy she's got a good guy they got a beautiful baby you know you just got to be happy for her and right. um yeah so i mean like she's got she's got my support like there's no ill will or or you know negative um, energy over here with her. So I just, you know, the only thing I can do is just always wish her the best, you know? Well, that's great. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you're in that place with her. To be honest, by the comment that you wrote about the comparing to the Nate and Michelle, I thought you were not in a good place. I know that I think that's, <laughs> I think that's why I wanted to lead it too. I was like, oh, you all know, right. So we're setting the record straight. <laughs> 
so embarrassing. Um, yeah, no, there, there's no, yeah, there's no negative energy between us. Uh, only, only, you know, we're good on, on, on all levels. So, um, yeah, I I could definitely see it from that too. So that's why you got to like refrain from the, from the Twitter fingers or the Instagram fingers. They can, they can put you in some serious harm. Yeah. Well, don't be embarrassed though. I mean, like there's plenty of other stuff going on. That's way worse than that. And it just, sometimes people can't pick up on tone if you're writing an Instagram comment. Yeah, 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 it's so true. Like, it's like if we read a book, right? Like you and I read the same book, we would have two different perceptions of that. Totally. Book. It's the same with like cop- captions and comments and all of that stuff. Right. In general, I think as a viewer watching it, you and Crystal seemed like such an oddball pairing, very like an opposites attract situation. What would you say like brought you guys together as a couple most and why villains. you guys even got engaged? Oh, Do you yeah, feel true. like the villain yeah. edit kind of like brought you guys together? Yeah, you got you kind of nailed it. Um, the villain edit definitely mm-hmm. brought us together. Uh, I think when you have like that type of bond where a lot of people are just really not on your side and um, you know just don't really favor you as, as a character in, in this in this you know space or the series, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, you know you you bond on those things, and you know obviously if you don't have the greatest paths on the original show. Um, and you meet someone that had kind of the same situation, it's like, oh, that immediate connection brings you closer. You feel like you want to open up more. And I think when you're able to trust someone because of that, obviously you're you're able to open up more and express to them who you really are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what really drove us throughout that time. But I mean, I will say the in that whole time, you know, especially like the first, I want to say like week or so, you know, the the producers didn't want us at all to hang out um especially on camera really? so why who would they want you why? and her with yeah that's weird to me you know looking back um you know I, I think what it comes down to is if you're not very well loved and you know perceived by the public as um you know a, a positive character um they don't want to focus on you in a positive light um unfortunately i think that's just kind of how it is and so obviously i had that little thing with tia going on at first and definitely didn't have my best of moments, um, you know, in regards to that. But I was also very confused because, I mean, when I wasn't on camera with her, like she was with Colton every single minute of the day. And so me, I'm like, hey, this girl, I know she doesn't like me. Like, you know, she's with Colton. Like, she's obsessed. Mm-hmm. She, they have this like undeniable energy between them. Um, you know, Crystal and I were hanging out the very first the second day actually when they went on a date i guess colin came down they left and me and crystal hit it off but they wouldn't let us hang um you know every day she would ask hey i want to hang out with him they wouldn't let her same thing with me um they kept you know forcing me on the tia narrative and you know after a while i was just so annoyed because i felt like i was forcing myself to having to say things that i knew i didn't want to say and and you know be with this person and Tia's a great girl no no it's nothing against her nothing bad to say against her it's just I knew that her and Colton had so much history and uh, yeah. this 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 chemistry that man, I don't, I just don't want to deal with it, you know. Like, yeah. You guys, do you think they were trying to make you like the bad guy in the love triangle there? 100, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Honestly, I'm so thankful that the second night I lost my voice, so I couldn't speak, and they were just constantly trying to like know when Colton comes back. Like, you got to put him in his place. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like, um, I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, man, I just had a really rough experience on Becca season. The last thing I want to do right now is do anything that is looked at as negative. And they're like, well, you're going to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I can't even talk right now. So, um, you know, the best part about that night was Colton came back 
uh, I think Nick and Jordan were like the, the, the soldiers there. They're just fighting him. And mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there like, I can't talk. So right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just chilling. So thank God, because I feel like that could have put me in a position where I didn't know the game of how reality TV works, at least from the bachelor perspective, right? You're always saying yes. You're always thinking like you doing this and this and this is going to, um, you know, put you in a position to either stay longer or make them happy. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, you know, you have the power to say no whenever you want. And I really failed at that a lot of the times um, in that show. And I, th- I think, you know, I wish I would have learned differently or, or knew differently in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say like you didn't know the game, what do you mean by that? And like, do you know the game now? And like, what is the game? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. What You know, going on those first two seasons, you, you learn a lot. Um, there's a lot of self-reflect. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of highs and lows. Um, what I have learned a lot is, you know, yeah, it, when I say it's like a game, I, I feel like there are a lot of situations where you can say yes, you can say no, you need to be self-aware, you need to understand what's happening around you. Um, I was going to go on Paradise last year, um, actually, believe it or not. I was in a good place. I thought mentally I felt like, you know, I was getting in good shape and um, I generally wanted to just finally get back out there you know i had took mm-hmm. my time to heal you know whatever and felt like you know i might go and i had been talking to you know some people um you know producers and stuff and having some great conversations and they were really scared that um if i came down there i would give too much good advice and <laughs> give people you know good mental clarity and good judgment on situations and i think that they were apprehensive because they knew that um you know, I, I have learned how this all works. So I get it. You know, you want to see drama. You want to see people not make the best of decisions. And, you know, it, you know, looking back, you know, especially with me and my first season, there's so many things that happened that I, I could have just said no and stood my ground. But, um, yeah, I, I think when I say it's like a game, it's, you know, you have decisions to make. Um, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to not do that? Do you want to stay true to yourself? And, you know, I think a lot of the times, you don't realize that because you're freshly new to the experience. You were saying you and Crystal connected over essentially like trauma bonding since you guys both experienced the villain edit. Did she ever say um, that she felt betrayed by producers or that they were putting her in situations as well? Like what was her take on it? Yeah. Yeah. I think there, I think there were definitely moments for her, um, you know, and, and so, you know, cause at first I think she had a really good run um the first few episodes there was yeah and then they yeah. they turned on her I, when I, I, someone I else went home i think she would have made final four if she didn't you know start doing things the way that she did i, I really think she would at least made a good strong run for it um but yeah it you know i can give you an example from me um because yeah. I, I it's it's hard for me to speak on someone else's experience yeah. Um, yeah. so you know the very first night a couple i don't know if you remember our season with becca but um i think it was the first time they exposed like five guys to come on on stage you remember that yeah and like yeah. they got to meet her and then it yeah. was like yeah blake came, okay. blake, blake came on, a on horse. the horse yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah they did so, that i don't like that but they did that a couple of times so um a guy walked across the stage i guess from orlando florida uh didn't know who he was obviously i i grew up uh, a lot in orlando and, and florida as well and so uh, a girl that I knew, she texted me and she said, hey, you know, watch out for this guy, blah, blah, blah. He's my ex. A good, a good girl that I knew. Um, and it was so crazy because I had just did my intro package. And okay. that, that's a whole nother thing because they never showed my intro package. This is wild. So 
um, I sent it to the producer at the time. I said, hey, remember our conversation the other day, how Orlando's so small? This is what happened. Um, and, you know, I sent her a screenshot of the girl's text saying all this stuff. Well, when we got to the mansion that night, obviously I had, I, I got out the limo last. I had like the um, choir or whatever, and I went inside. Everything's good. Well, they pulled me aside and they said, you got to pull this guy to the side and address him about, you know, his intentions being here. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know this guy. Who was like, it? I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Oh, it was um, not got, even someone that stayed on the show. No, he went home the first night. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't even so, remember either. Yeah. Okay. And and so um they were like, Yeah, do it. I'm like, I I I I don't think that's right. I just I don't know the guy. And that that, that would be unfair to him because let him express who he is mm -hmm. and you know, and they're like, Well, if you know you want to be here, you gotta do that. And I'm like, Oh sh I'm like, damn, okay. So <laughs> there we go with a threat. <laughs> that yeah. was like, wow, like, okay, like this is interesting. And so I un awkwardly had to pull him to the side with um, Chris and Blake because I had talked to them first, like going in the house and got to know them. And I'm I, and I'm addressing this guy, and and it was just you guys. It was embarrassing, like just the whole time. I'm like I'm I'm feeling so bad. I don't this remember guy. this making this made air. Oh yeah, oh, I don't then, remember this. And then he and again, I guess he had his one on one time with Becca, and he's like, before we talk, let's bring Chris in here because you know oh, there's God. some things I need to address, and I'm like. He didn't have to do that. They didn't tell him to do that, I suppose, from what I know. And and I had to go in there. And the whole time, I'm just like, man, what is going on? Like, this is where we are. And um, yeah, so. So that's an example of something you could have said or you could have pushed back on more, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, could have put, yeah, could have pushed back on it, um, you know. And, and so another thing was like the speech. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, we went to Virginia of all freaking places. And um, we did like this politics I at remember the this city date. hall. Yeah. And you're supposed to write, you know, stuff about, you know, Becca and answer all these questions and stuff. Well, um, they wanted me to just focus on the guys and like write all this stuff and like really start so much drama. And I'm thinking to myself, I had I had a really good first four or five weeks on the show. It, and then it, it completely just it went out of, you know, thin air just that whole good part just gone and um yeah I, I i'm sitting there in front of all these people in city hall and talking all these things and it just started so much more drama and i'm thinking like wow this is very just i i just don't know what's going on this is very weird and so one of those other moments where you can just say you know what i'm just not gonna and if that risks you going home then so be it like yeah. at the end of the day like you know what i'm saying because there could be there could be some very dire consequences um with being looked at from the show you know and and so it, it can affect you not only just mentally and physically but in the workplace um you know your career um you know anything of that nature so yeah, yeah it's just you know you gotta you gotta know your power when it when it comes to that do you feel like you were sabotaged um i i think i would only take accountability for myself I think I blame myself, you know what I'm okay. saying? Um, you know, there's a lot of things where I could have just done differently, uh, you know, as, as, as just a man, as an adult, you know, um, and it's okay though, cause you learn so much more, um, you know, seeing those weak moments, but I would yeah. never, I would never cast blame on, on producers or anyone else, because at the end of the day, they're giving you the option. It's like, Hey, you know, like they might be doing that and you might be looking at it as like, you know, a little instigation. But no matter what, at the end of the day, it's you that is, you know, performing, you know, whether you're 
you know, doing it genuinely or, or you're doing it out of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're kind of threatening you too, right? Like they're saying, oh, if you want to be here, this is what you have that, to do. That was kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> I didn't know if yeah. that was like a little, like, you know, a little manipulation. Yeah. 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 So, you know, uh, obviously I didn't want to go home the first night. I thought it'd be extremely embarrassing to my friends and to my family. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then I got the last rose that night. I was like, I was going to have a heart attack up there just standing. And I was standing next to the guy. Of course, you yeah, know, of course. For, like the, for the whole drama. And when I saw him next to me, I'm like, here we go. I'm like, I already knew for sure that it was going to come down to him and I. Of course you are. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking like, oh, God, I'm like, oh, what did I just do? I shouldn't have done that. And so, yeah, so, I mean, luckily it played out. So, you know, where I got to stay, uh, you know, so it's OK. I want to ask about the TV wedding, because there was some scene that I was just so confused by. For Well, one, did your wedding feel like a real wedding even though there were cameras there to an extent yeah okay like Um, you guys actually had um like a reception and stuff after yeah yeah no we had it was a legit wedding okay Uh, yeah there was it it was it was it was yeah always around it was i think uh once it got to the what was it like the reception the after party is that what happens after the yeah it's the ceremony and the reception that's where like the show really kicked into place but that's where we didn't get to see oh no like there were there was so much that happened i feel like you know throughout that wedding i mean there was hooked up there i don't know i don't know about hooking up um i i know that there was there's people crying for sure um you know and and there was just odd pairings and tables that were set at the reception for specific drama and like conversations and things like of that nature but when it came to like her and I, Crystal and I, you know, we, there was a lot of stuff that we were doing and speeches and talks. None of that got aired. Like mm. there was just that was that probably lasted like four or five hours and there was nothing, um, you know. So I know Clay and Angela were something that was big. Right. There's um, a lot of focus outside of you guys. Yeah, there was. Was that kind of a bummer? Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's unfortunate, you know, and and the way that you think that what it's going to happen is you go down there and, you know, there was planning and all this stuff happening. But you you have the expectation that the this moment is about you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the John Paul Jodan Jones thing was very unfortunate because I think oh, my yeah. mom, my mom was a little rattled by all the drama, especially, you know, as I guess there was a party before the wedding outside of it with like drinks and food and there was like you know a lot of things going on and and I and I know my mom you know she's very like so chill and sweet that she just doesn't want to be a part of anything but she's seen it unravel and I think like when I saw her at the reception she was definitely like a little rattled about how much was going on you know yeah that's what I mean like I think she was nervous about what's to come Right. Well, the one question I did have you and Crystal, or maybe it was just Crystal, I'm not quite sure, but go out to all the Bachelor in Paradise people and you guys chose like seven or eight people that were able to stay and the other people had to go back to the beach and it was a very convenient group of people. So how staged was that? Did like producers give you a list of the people that had to stay? Yeah, they told us right before. Yeah. (laughs) So like you, yeah, you just, they told you, and I had to remember all the names in order. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, damn, why am I having to remember this on my like, on It's my, my wedding. wedding. I want to go like party yeah. and hang out and I have to be a part of this. Cause yeah. that scene was just so everyone watched and they're like, oh, so you want uh, Clay to stay, but not Nicole who he was dating on the beach. And like, it was all like 
picking and choosing who would make the most drama. So you went back, obviously they got you back on Paradise. How much did you get, how much did you get paid to go on Paradise? Four or 500 a day. Okay, that's the standard if you don't okay. negotiate, it seems yeah. like. Four or 500 a day. talking to people. I know, uh, I think up until this date, as far as I knew, Amanda Stanton's the one that's made the most ever. Ooh, what was um, it? Oh, man. Oh, you can't say that and then not know. I don't remember, that's the thing. I don't wanna just say a number, but I knew that from what I knew, two years ago that Amanda stand up until that point. I don't know if things have changed with anyone, but then also too, like the demand is not as much as it was like in our years of the show, if that makes sense, like mm -hmm. followings and social media, it's different now. At the time, I didn't know that that was one yeah. negotiable. You wouldn't um, know unless you heard from yeah, someone. And two, I had just gone off the show and then two weeks, three weeks later, I'm back on the island. So that was very strange. Like it was so fast. So I didn't get to see my yeah. season as it's unraveling and I'm in paradise. And how I is that, that? It, because it didn't air yet no it's no but like how was that like a mental fuck for you like i would be so in my I'll head if I, I... i'll never forget i'll never forget um we got our phones back we had just got engaged we get into the hotel room i open up my phone and my mom's like hey chris you know i think you should um turn back off your phone and not look at anything and she's like nothing is going good right now and i was just like what is going on oh, were you expecting that based on like yeah, did you know you were your experience villain? filming the show or were you blindsided so i i never had a bad moment until vegas um vegas i got really drunk for wayne newton's house okay i got way too mm. drunk i i didn't eat breakfast leo um who was leo. on my season he was just drinking beyond belief. And so, you know, he's like, let's have fun. And Nick was there or no, not Nick. Um, Who was there Um, on our date? I forget. But it was just we went to Wayne Newton's house. It was pretty was pretty drunk. Um, And we get back and I don't know if you guys remember, but we had to perform. We had to wear these like tuxes um, at the Wayne Newton. Like, I don't remember that part. Concert. Yeah. yeah so we get back and um, they take us to the hotel real quick before we go to like the stadium for like the night date. And um, I remember like wanting to change and like they said, no, we have to wear a tuxes. And I was like, man, I was so sweaty and disgusted. And I'm like, well, I wanna take a shower. And they're like, no, we gotta go. And I was a little bit like perturbed. And so like, I was sitting down looking over the Vegas thing. And I'm like, man, I'm like, this is just like a wild thing. And someone came in and I was telling them that I was like, you know, I was like, you know, I haven't had a, you know, uh, any alone time, you know, with Becca in a while um, in regards to like the last, two places that we went and because you know everyone's getting like their one-on-ones and stuff and drama was happening where it always just diminishes your time and i said that and then that night you know they don't have becca you know i'm the only one that doesn't get time with becca and i was like a little bit you know just done at that point and i'm like you know this is just annoying right mm -hmm. and um you know i'm sitting there and that's when i like kind of went off and you know god forbid of course i had the tequila in me so that probably wasn't just uh, the best of uh combinations and then from there it was downhill so i knew that there would at least be that and virginia and i was okay with that but that was just more than enough to make it really bad so and and when we had just gotten engaged i think the virginia episode was about to air so vegas had just happened so okay. there was a lot there was a lot going on as far as negative publicity and things like that and you can only imagine you're coming out on a high Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you have all these lows. So did you listen good. to your mom and turn your phone off? Uh, I kind of did, but then I was FaceTiming like my boys and like my best friends and, 
you know, we were just, you know, we got to stay at the Chris Harrison suite for like a week. So we were just, you know, eating that? that up. Yeah, what, what is the Chris Harrison suite? So the Chris Harrison suite is like, was like his suite at the Vedanta. So, In Mexico? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was like, it was like a house. Crazy. And yeah, it's it was, literally like where he stayed when he would host, obviously. I would yeah, yeah. This dude had like a three bedroom penthouse, like just had a jacuzzi on the balcony. Great view of Mexico and yeah so and he for didn't what? even what do he anything all these yeah. bedrooms for like yeah i mean you know at the end of the day hey you know power power to him wait so why did you get to go there why did you guys get to stay there well our fantasy suite was there and you know we i think they felt we were the most genuine of the couples that were there um you know oh. and so they took they i mean they 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 treated us well, you know, and then when we came back, they gave us a couple weekends, like every other weekend, which was, you know, great, like, you know, for a few months, we're getting mm -hmm. lavished vacations and stuff like that. So I handed to them, like, they really, they, they really did their job while they needed to do their job. And, you know, we ended up being the only couple that were engaged after what happened with Jenna and Jordan. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so we ended up being the only ones that survived that season, um, you know, so I guess they were kind of like just nurturing us and stuff like that. So everything, everything was good. And I think like a lot changed too, because um, when we had, when we came back, I had to go for mental law. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm back, I'm engaged. No one knows, right? Like the, so the, 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 like the crowd. Right. And um, they called me up to the hot seat, which they didn't air because that was the first time where they said, you know, we need you to go after the guys and do all this stuff. And I said, nah. And so, like, I just, I was like, no, I'm not going to do any of that. And they called me up to the hot seat. And I was just like, yeah, I was wrong. Like, you know, I, I was apologizing and just sincere and just, like, really just taking accountability for everything. And they didn't show it because there was no drama. So, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So the power of saying, the power of saying no. But I remember that mental all. Jordan was fighting with everyone. Oh, yeah. Colton, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Well, if you have that character, you have to hold up to that character. Right. Do you think Jordan was playing a character? Oh, yeah. There was, I mean, thank God he was, though. It was entertaining the whole season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jordan really helped that season along, definitely. Absolutely. So you touched on mental health before, and you've been vocal about mental health within the franchise. Recently, I'm going to read a tweet, if you're cool with it, that you said to Mike Fleiss. Do you mind if I yeah. read it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You said you had a former contestant on the brink of suicide not once but twice and didn't do shit luckily that person had some people that actually care why wasn't there help because that person wasn't a part of bachelor nation royalty don't tell me there are more important things than ratings and this was in response to mike fleiss saying that there are more important things than ratings which clearly we know as viewers that's not the case yeah do you want to elaborate on what you're what you were referring to we obviously don't need to name the person if you don't want to well um, surprise that person was me so oh, i was speaking on myself and he still never even responded to that tweet believe it or not um so i think the second time was more serious because i think if it wasn't for kelly and kelsey two good friends of mine kelly flanagan kelsey um then i then i I might, I actually probably might not be here if it wasn't for them too. Wow. So the thing is, is like the franchise knew that something was going on with just my mental state and how I was feeling. Obviously there was a lot going on from different directions and this is all happening in a pandemic, right? And just, you know, so it was interesting because this happened like just after 
you know, I was going to take a step back from paradise because I told you I was going to possibly go on. Right. But from conversations and things that were happening, uh, I knew that it wasn't in my best judgment to make that decision and go. I felt like they just didn't have just the best, you know, road for me, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Um, and, you know, around that time, too, there was a lot of things just unraveling. And, you know, it, they knew that the what I was feeling, there was just like no compassion there or empathy. And so then it got into like July. I'll never forget this. It was July 2021. And, um, you know, obviously, I was just like, there's just a lot going on. And I was still feeling some of the aftermath from everything. And, um, you know, I had wrote a close friend story, you know, like you can only do your close friends. Mm-hmm. And basically like saying goodbye to everyone on the close oh friends, like did a story, everything, um, wrote everything to like my mom, my sisters, and they got the story, they got the story. And like, she immediately called me and like Kelly and Kelsey both called me on three way. They're just crying hysterical. Right. Cause you know, we have a great friendship, a great bond. And they were just talking mm-hmm. me some through some things because like, no lie, like I was ready to go that night. Right. And like, it was just wild and so like they're talking to me and we're crying and everything's just happening and stuff like that and you know after that uh you know that that conversation kelly had reached out to abc you know people in there and so like they reached uh someone who i'm close with you know who i used to be close with he's a big producer i'm not close with him much anymore i think that's just my own decision Mm -hmm. um you know reached out to me making sure i'm okay and they wanted to set me up with this quote unquote, like counselor or something to talk to me. And the dude just was like horrible at his job. Like mm-hmm. there was just no dialogue or empathy or anything. And, you know, the counselor? Just, it just felt like it was hit like, like, oh, like, you know, I'm just having to do my job real quick to like save face, if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. for whatever, just like, you know, this is what I need to do. But it just didn't feel authentic or genuine or anything. And I just, just completely just didn't want to be, you know, remotely, like, it just wasn't the, there's a difference between like true care and like true compassion and like wanting to like really create like a regimen or something that we can do, like to put you in the best place possible for your mental state. And it just wasn't, there just wasn't anything there, you know? And that was the second time. The first time was when I was with Crystal and my, my buddies actually like really helped me out through that process. Um, you know, because there was a lot going on with the relationship, with the show and stuff like that. And just the, 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 the residual mental, like, you know, breakdowns that you get from being through such experiences. And, um, yeah, so there was just uh, a lot of things where I was just getting so much more from my friends than they could ever give me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, thankfully, like, you know, you, you got your, you know, your therapy that, you know, I, I got like for like the next few months afterwards, like my own therapy, like from, you know, professionals who work in that specific space and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But you could tell the difference between people who are really trying to like help you navigate rather than just like say like, well, like, you know, are you doing, I've never done drugs in my life. They were just like, well, just make sure like if, you know, you're not doing drugs and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I was like, this is just weird. So yeah, you know, it seems a, like they're just trying to like check it off. So yeah, it's just not like, a liability. Right, just check yeah. it off. You know, exactly. That's that's a great way to put it. So um, yeah, that was my tweet. And that was in regards to me personally, um, you know, wasn't trying to make it about myself, but just letting you know that, you know, in, a, in the grand scheme of things, 
there's a lot of other people that I know that are in my position within the franchise. They might not share it, but they definitely go through some things. And it's super unfortunate because, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of other shows that really just praise everyone and try to put them in the best position possible for the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in regards to a lot of ways, there's so many different shows, but for some reason, this franchise, they just don't. Um, and there's no, there's really no true like regimen and game plan. Like at least as far as I knew, you know, dating back as you know, just making sure you can really get any type of help you need for however long that you need right. it for. And, you know, just give you guidance and direction along the way, you know, because everyone handles and processes their journey differently. Totally. No, I think it's really important that you're um, speaking out about this because it is a huge issue. We recently had McKenna on the podcast and she shared a similar experience about how the show really was horrible for her mental health and she didn't get the support that she needed. So I thank you, though, for sharing this because I think it's important that people hear this stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that there's people from this season that are probably struggling, you know, that Mm -hmm. they've got situations and at the end of the day it's like if you don't know where to look towards or know and and you know let alone have the resources why can't a franchise like provide that at least for now to educate and help people so that way we don't have to deal with you know catastrophic things like someone potentially taking their life or anything of that matter yeah and he never responded he sees a tweet like that and doesn't respond no he would he wouldn't respond there were some things um on my season uh, paradise where got a lot of backlash but were actually not true to the fact of of that actual visual of what took place if that makes sense and i was so shocked to see that something was translated into that knowing the outcome of what happened at the end of that show um you know when you think that someone is you know that someone is in love they're getting engaged you know it's like really big it seemed like there was no positive momentum for me you know, especially like in the beginning stages. And it was weird because there was two scenes I remember distinctively, one with Jordan that really caught me off guard as to why that was even aired because it made it made no sense. Yeah, so we're up there and uh, Jordan is asking me, he's like, he's like, man, there's so many girls here. Like if you could go on different dates throughout the day, like if they let you, like how would you choose and like what would you choose for that individual for the date, right? And I don't know if you guys remember, but it was, um, you know, it was like, oh, like Bibiana, you know, take her to breakfast and we would have this, you know, and, and Annalise, you know, take her to lunch, blah, blah, blah. And they turned it into like us, I don't know, like classifying women as like meals. It was like, I don't, I don't remember, but it was so, it was so bad from the viewer's eye, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like. Yeah, so out of context, it seems. So out of context, and like we were degrading women when it it was like the conversation was just about dates and like what would you have on the date. But for some reason, they thought it would be funny or cute to, you know, put it into a context of, you know, we're classifying women as this when that wasn't even the case at all. And so seeing that, it was like ever since that moment, I I knew that no matter what, even if I'm going through good times, like they just never had the general best interest for me because I'm not bachelor royalty. I don't know if you guys remember, but they put us in a hot tub for Colton season to like kick off the season. It was live TV. And, um, you know, everyone made fun of us for that. I, I don't remember, but it was just like a lot of negative publicity and like an affected crystal. And we were just like, it was like you know once again they're just treating us as like the butt of the joke um you know 
Wait, I was actually going to bring up that because I remembered you guys being in the hot tub, but I wanted to ask how did I get you to come back to do those types of things? And are they paid? Uh, if they are paid, it's something like 750 bucks uh, okay. for the, for, for the day or something like for that time that you spent. Mm -hmm. um, it, what about uh, like I, getting there to LA or where oh, yeah, do they book go? your flight? They probably do. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we drove cause we were in San Diego. But yeah, okay. they, put, they put you up in a hotel, okay. um, you know, like they'll, they'll do stuff like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it just felt like mm -hmm. we were the butt of the joke because a lot of people were making fun of us and the hot tub and like, why, like, why are we in a hot tub on a premiere mm -hmm. night? You know, which was like, if it was a paradise thing, like, okay, that might make a little bit more sense. Yeah. I but remember like, the hot tub, but I don't remember it being like weird. I thought it was funny. And I feel like, didn't you make an announcement, but the announcement was just that like something about a dog. Did you guys like get a dog or something? Oh yeah, we were yeah. Were we gonna yeah we were gonna get a dog? I they believe. teased an announcement though, and then the announcement was like yeah something but like think, that. But like I a think dog. like the dog wouldn't get along with the other two dogs, <laughs> like the Pomeranians. I don't remember, man. It was yeah. it was a long time ago. But yeah, yeah, it just felt like um you know that that also I remember really stood out because you know just what people were were saying. I'm like, man, it just was crazy because you know at the end of the day, people can only judge you by what they see. And unfortunately, if they only seen like mishaps and negative kind of situations, it's so unfortunate because that person will only classify you as the negative aspect that they saw because they don't know you. And and I can totally understand that. I get that. If you, you see something, you're like, oh, wow, you know, and you've never seen anything else. That's all you can know. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, you got you got to bear, you know, you have to deal with that. But yeah, I just feel like, you know, even up to what I was expressing about the story about, um, you know, the, the mental health stuff, it just never seemed like there was like any true, like real care or just consideration of, of at least myself, especially like when we got divorced, like that was crazy. Like no one reached out. It was like, yeah, the, the person in charge of media was like, oh, we're going to post something on the website and to, to Crystal and like that was it. But no one ever checked up on like the well-being. How are you doing? You know, like you know, just, you would think like something like that is pretty drastic. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's not, this wasn't like some like high school relationship, you know, unfortunately this was like in the public eye and you know, it's, it, it was pretty wild to say the least, mm -hmm. but there was just no, like, man, you know, like just having a true vested interest in how you're doing um, throughout any of that time. And I think that only added to the pile up of what you're feeling. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but no, it does. No, it does. Yeah. So that's basically where the interview ended, right at the end of that sentence. We had some technical difficulties, but you guys didn't miss anything. That's when we wrapped up the interview anyway, and Chris just plugged his socials. So you didn't really miss anything, but we just wanted to let you guys know this is a bit of an awkward ending, but we're only humans. We can't control the computers in the world. We're not magical. I'm not like Johnny Apple. I can't just tell my computer to do the right thing at the right time sometimes. Yeah, but go check out Chris on Instagram. He's at Chris Randone. Go send him some love. We really thank him for being so vulnerable this week and shedding light on a really important topic and just once again guys if you know someone or you yourself are struggling we have resources of ways that you can get the help that you need in the episode description so please check that out and that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure to give us five stars, leave a great review. I wanted to let you guys know that 
there was a winner of the cruise. I've got more messages than I expected to get. So a lot of you guys are making it to the end of the episode. Thank you. This is our secret little club at the end of here. Um, I wanted to call out Fats Hannah. She is taking her sister on the cruise. She already booked it and she's really excited. Hannah writes, I'm taking my sister on the cruise as a single mom. She's a huge help to me. We got the days off work, crossed our fingers while booking and it all went through. We are booked and didn't have to pay a cent. Thank you. So I'm Aww. so excited, Hannah. Have the best time on your trip. This is just more incentive, you guys. You never know what we're going to do at the end of these episodes, so make sure you're listening to the full episode. And sorry for everyone that reached out that wanted the cruise. I only had one cruise to give, but maybe we'll team up with Virgin and give away some more life-changing cruises. Join our Facebook group. It's a group for the diehard fans. We are always talking about all things Bachelor in that Facebook group, and we're going to start polling you guys to find out like what you want to hear in future episodes and get your opinions on some things that we have in the works. So it's a fun little community of fun people. If you are listening to the pod and you're sharing it on Instagram stories, please continue to do so. I am going to this Thursday share every single person that tags She's All Batch. Mm -hmm. uh, so just take a screenshot of the pod and share it on your Instagram stories and I will share it. So I want to see it. It makes me so happy when you guys go out of your way to say, like I saw someone say like, oh, like having my morning coffee on the porch and listening to She's All Batch. Love it. Tag me this Thursday. I will be sharing every single person that does it. So you better be one of them, Biatch. Yes. We love to see where and when you guys are listening. It's just fun for us. Yeah. So uh, check us out on YouTube. Follow us on socials. She's All Batch and Jackie Maroney underscore. K? K. Bye, bitches. Bye.